You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. In this series, we're in week number two of Jonah. And as you can tell, we've had some uh, fancy artwork done on this logo for Jonah. Our our children's uh, middle school pastor uh, did this artwork. It's really fantastic. It just speaks Jonah that I remember growing up hearing about, right, as a kid in Sunday school. But I was out yesterday and uh, on the golf course uh, with Craig Rogers. Had a fun time losing about a dozen balls um, in the woods, in the water, and different traps. But uh, Fer- Pastor Farrell was out there chopping away too. That was real fun to see, and some other staff. But we had a good time. How many knows that sometimes our life gets really busy? And it gets really hectic at times, right? There's a lot going on. And if you have a family or if you have a spouse or if you have uh, connections with people, you know that life can get crazy hectic. And sometimes schedules, you know, conflict, you don't get to see each other much. And sometimes you just feel overwhelmed. Has anybody been there before? No. Nobody's been there before. I got one honest person in the room today. But you know, sometimes we get overwhelmed with the things of life that we start to lose the voice of God. We start to not hear and start to not see and start to not observe as much of the, the wonderful things that God does for us in our lives. And, and it's just incredible, the story of Jonah. And we're continuing today. He, he's a man in the Bible who found himself in a real sticky situation, basically because he disobeyed God. And it was a choice that he made. And we've heard this story before, and we're going to get into it uh, in just a moment. But the book of Jonah is certainly a story about a man who struggled with obedience, but it's also a story of a God who relentlessly pursues us. God is pursuing after each of us. And that's the story that we want to focus on today. So not so much as the disobedience, but the the focus is today that God pursues us, His children. But first, before we get into the the deep notes, I have a little uh, short story to tell because I heard about this this minister, and he actually died. Uh, but he was standing in line at the pearly gates, and he was in front of him was a man dressed in a loud shirt wearing blue jeans and sunglasses. And St. Peter asked, what's your name, sir? He said, my name is Joe. I'm a taxi cab driver in New York City. Peter checked his list and handed him a gold staff and a silk robe and said, welcome to heaven. Then the minister stepped up and said, I'm Reverend Joseph Snow. I'm pastor of St. Mary's Cathedral. Peter checked his list and handed him a cotton robe and a wooden staff. He said, hey, wait a minute. That's not fair. The taxi cab driver got a gold staff and a silk robe. How could that be? Well, Peter said, sir, we up here we work by results. And when you preached, people slept. But when he drove, people prayed. <laughs> so up here we go by results, huh? And that's just a funny little story, but... A God who relentlessly pursues after us. Isn't that an amazing uh, thought that there would be a God, creator God in heaven, that pursues after us, His children, and His creation? 
You know, because I, just like I said before, there are distractions. Sometimes we get busy. We drown out God's still small voice. We, we drown out time with Him and relationship with Him and His Word and in prayer. We, we, we kind of diminish that time when we get so overwhelmed and busy. Trust me, I've been there. Even, even as a pastor, we can get there if we're not careful, right? But I do know this. There are times when I know that God is beyond a shadow of a doubt pursuing after me. But do I take the time to listen? Do I take the time to hear? Do I take the time to discover? And I certainly wish that were so. wouldn't be honest if I told you all the time that was the case, right? We're all human. But it's that still small voice we have to listen for in the noise and the busyness of life. And there's a quote here in your notes by Dr. Bill Bryden. It says this, A false view of God leads to sin and corruption. Many times, cruelty and human tragedy. On the other hand, a proper understanding of God leads to a life of blessing for oneself and many generations to follow. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but there's a lot of different views that people have about God. In our culture, in our world, globally, there's a lot of different views that people have, right? But a perspective and a life, a proper understanding, will lead us to a life that understands His Scripture and His promises that are in His Word that are true. So there's a couple points in your notes today. There's actually four, if you'll see. And you can either look on the Grace app, if you'd like to look on that, or you can look on the screen, follow along, or there's also paper notes uh, in your bulletin uh, today. But there's four points today that shows us that God is in pursuit of us. And the first thing is this. God is love, and He wants no one to perish. If we look at the story of Jonah in, in Jonah 1 and 2, it says this, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So God is telling Jonah to go to one of the worst cities in the world to bring the good news, to bring gospel, to bring the salvation message, to bring hope and restoration. And Jonah says, hmm, I don't know. Right? We know the story. Jonah ends up getting on a ship, going miles away like we talked last week, getting swallowed up by a great fish, and then God still redirected him to that city, right? Because he disobeyed God. But how hard would it be for you and me to, to hear from the Lord, okay, Daniel, I need you to go to wherever, fill in the blank, let's, let's just say Iraq or Afghanistan where uh, there's a lot of really bad things going on and, and preach the good news and and could, would we be willing to listen, first of all? Because I know I'd be like, you sure I'm not had some bad food tacos from last night or something? You know, we'd have to question that. And when you say, God, is, is this you and, and these things? But would we be obedient? Would we be willing to take this upon a mission of ourselves to go to a wicked place and bring hope and to bring restoration? Because that's exactly what God was asking Jonah to do is, to go and bring His love. Bottom line, God is love. So He was asking Jonah to take His love to this wicked, horrible place because God's desire is that no one perish. So He gave the, the wicked people of Nineveh another chance. Aren't you glad that God gives you and I another chance? Another chance each day? God created man 
so that we might live in relationship with Him and enjoy His love both now on the earth and for eternity. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not die, should not perish, but have everlasting life. But I really like the second part of that verse in verse 17. And it says this, God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that all the world through Him might be saved. If we're sharing the love of Christ, if we're sharing the love of God, man, what would our world look like? What would our world look like? He came to save the world. Because let's just be honest, when people are rude to us, Man, when people don't serve us the right way at the restaurant, it's so easy to get agitated and irritated and not show Christ's love, right? Man, when somebody gets your order wrong three times in a row like I had happen three weeks ago, I didn't, walk, I didn't say anything I wasn't supposed to, but I did walk out. After saying, it's okay, don't worry about it, you know, I understand you're busy, so I just left. I didn't say anything rude. But how much more can we offer... Our, our, our community if we offer and um, operate in love, in God's love. And that's one of the hard things to do because we need to show people that God is love and He wants no one to perish. And you know, we often overplay the John 3.16 thing because even a lot of people who uh, you know, don't go to church know that verse, right? Everybody's, most everybody has heard that. For God so loved the world. that it, Now, some people have it, right? But if we live that out, if we live out the love of God in that verse, it's one of those times in our culture where they need to see the love of God instead of what we're against, instead of all these other things. They need to see the love of God. What did Jesus say? He said, by your love, people would know that you're my disciples for one another. So again, it's very important to understand that God his love and his desire is that no one perish. Second Peter three nine says this the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, thank you, Jesus, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. How many are, are glad that God is patient with us? I have screwed up time and time again, and I am very thankful that God is more patient than I am. <laughs> Because if it was me up there, you, you know, we wouldn't like that, right? Because we're human. We can't do that, right? But God is gracious. He's slow to anger. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, though. He is patient with you. That's our Father God's response. He's not a, a God of condemnation. He's a God of love and that no one would perish. He wants, desires all people to know Him. Second point today is this. God is all powerful and performs the supernatural to capture our attention i just like to pause here for just a second has anyone and just show of hands ever experienced the supernatural power of god that only can be explained by his moving in your life wow isn't that crazy almost everyone in this room today has seen the supernatural work of god and the cool thing is, he wants to do that daily. And oftentimes, he does do it daily. We just don't see it. Again, I use this a lot, but every time I get on 77 and don't get hit, I, that's a miracle in and of itself. 
Every time I go to Cornelius and don't have to wait in the line of traffic, that's a miracle too. It, it's 77 is just a different story, right? But back to the supernatural. I have had God work miracles that I have physically seen God heal me, heal my son, my family, help us in finances when there was no hope, no job. You know, God came through. I've seen the supernatural. But He's all-powerful, and He performs the supernatural. Why? To capture our attention. Why? Because His desire is to have a relationship with us. And He wants to do that for us. In fact, in Jonah 1, we see in verse 4, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship was threatened to break up. So the storm was so bad that the ship was literally rattling, and it was about to fall apart. Jonah made the decision, you know the story, to jump off, and he said, it's my fault. Then it said in verse 17, after he jumped off the boat, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, wouldn't we say that God certainly got Jonah's attention with the first supernatural miracle, right? The supernatural power of the storm, God got his attention. But the second of the fish, the whale that swallowed Jonah, man, he got his attention then real good. And sometimes in our life, God needs to get our attention. And so he uses the supernatural to do it. God performs miracles not for His benefit, but for our benefit. God reveals His power so that we might know Him and trust Him. Because when I look back on the supernatural in my life, I can see the hand of God and say, I trust Him more because of what He's brought me through. I trust God more because of the supernatural I have experienced in my life and because of the hand of God that I've seen move in my life. And just like that, He wants to operate again in our own life with healing and finances and miracles and, and different things. But why? God shows us His faithfulness because He can. Because He can. And Jeremiah 32, I love this verse, says this. Jeremiah 32:17, Sovereign Lord, You have made the heavens and the earth by Your great power and outstretched arm. This is so good. Nothing is too hard for you. O great and powerful God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Whenever you're going through a storm and you need God to show up in a supernatural way, go to Jeremiah 32 and read this. Nothing is too hard for you, O great and powerful God. Sustainer God, Creator God, God our Father, God our friend. There's nothing too hard for God. Many of you have seen that recently with people in our community. You've seen it with your own personal lives. And you just showed me by show of hands that somehow, in some way, you've experienced the supernatural. And if God is showing us the supernatural, He desires a relationship with us. He is all-powerful and performs the supernatural to capture our attention. Third point today is this. God is gracious, and He gives us second chances. How many are glad for that? Man, like I said just briefly a moment ago, I've messed up so many times. I'm so unworthy of God's grace and forgiveness and His mercy. But He gives it to us freely. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. 
but He's gracious and gives a second chance. As Jonah 3, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So he's already told him one, this is the second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city and it took three days to go through it. So the second time the Lord came to Jonah and said this, he obeyed. He listened. People's lives were changed. But aren't you glad, and I'm glad too, is that God is not three strikes you're out. God is not three strikes you're out. He gives us grace. He rescues us. He restores us. He gives us restarts. As goodness gracious, I need it sometimes, right? I, I like to be human on the platform. Is that okay? I like to be human up here that say sometimes I get angry with my wife. Sometimes I get frustrated with my children, child, whatever. <laughs> Plural. Sorry. Sometimes I get frustrated at work. Sometimes those things happen, right? Sometimes I might say a word that I didn't really mean and have to go back and apologize for it, right? You, you tracking? There's sometimes that we need a second chance. And if we only had three chances, I'd be gone by now. Poof. You know what I'm saying? We don't, the, the bottom line is this. We don't have a grace bank that runs empty. We don't have a, a, a bank account of grace that says, Hey, you've messed up three times. I'm, you're out. I can't give you any more grace. That would, that would negate the whole Christ dying on the cross thing. To cover our sins with His blood is it's the grace that is immeasurable. It's uncontainable. We definitely don't deserve it, but we definitely don't have to work for it. It's amazing. We don't have a grace bank. It runs empty. The cool story in Luke chapter 15, some of you may have heard it. I'm just going to read the last few verses, but the prodigal son... Jesus tells a story and it says this. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate, his inheritance. So he, di- he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. He had fun. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine. He began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. He was hungry. No one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, if you want to read, in it, read into it a little bit, he sobered up. He said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death eating with pigs, I will set out and go back to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your slaves. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Let me just stop there. The fact that the Bible says that the father saw him denotes that the father was looking for him. He was on the look for his son to come back. He was in eager expectation that the son, even though he did wrong, would come back. 
And in a way, I see God the same way. Longing for us to come back to Him and restore relationship to Him. And He's not only just sitting, He's not sitting there with a stick saying, Oh, you don't deserve the grace. Remember, His grace is free and it doesn't have a bank, it doesn't have a limit. So He's looking and seeking us out, just like in the story. But the Father said to His servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on Him. Bring, put a ring on His finger and sandals on His feet. Bring the fattened calf, kill it, let's have a feast and celebrate. Why? Because He came back home. And just like that story illustrates, the prodigal son returning to his father illustrates the grace and the love and the second and the third and the fourth and the 77th time that God forgives us, welcomes us back into His his loving arms, and He's looking out for us. He's wanting us to come back. So just like the father in the story, God is gracious. He gives us second chances even when we don't deserve it. Amen. The last point today as I close is this. God is merciful and longs to forgive and restore the repentant. Isn't that good news? God is merciful. Now, what is mercy? I had to look it up because in my definition it means this. It means you don't get what you deserve. To someone who's merciful, that means you don't get what you deserve. But the definition official uh, online was the dictionary Webster is this. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. It's within God's power to harm and punish. But instead, God is merciful. Throughout the story of Jonah, we see this. In, in chapter 3 we see it. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. It was a ritual. When Jonah's warning reached the king, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with the same sackcloth, and sat down by the dust. This is proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from His fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, He relented and He did not bring on them the destruction that He had threatened. Isn't that amazing? So God, after someone was disobedient the first time, still gave him a second chance. So not only did He give Jonah a second chance, but He gave the people of Nineveh another chance. So He showed them mercy because they didn't really deserve it either because it says here they were full of evil and violence and wickedness. But God showed them mercy too. So not only did He show mercy to His servant who was disobedient, He showed Grace, He showed mercy to the people who were living in sin. Because of God's mercy, we don't get what we deserve. We have the privilege today of trading judgment for life. We have the privilege of having forgiveness. And the last point again is this. God is merciful and He longs. What does that mean? He desires to forgive and restore. He desires 
That's his desire, his heart's desire is to forgive and restore. Isn't that awesome? Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says this. But because of his great love for us, Kristen, you can come. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even, listen to this, even when we were dead in transgression or sin. It is by grace you have been saved. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our sin. Now, if that isn't powerful, it speaks to me today that God is interested in you. God is interested in me. But sometimes we have to get out of ourselves or push ourselves aside, our pride and our image, if you will, and say, God, I need you. There's a song, Lord, I need you every hour. I need you. And I can find that more and more true every day I live. I need more of the Lord every single hour. Because if not, I will not speak that nice word. I will not show Christ's love. I will not portray the image of grace and mercy that God has shown me if I'm not in that relationship. Would you stand today? If you just take a moment to reflect, maybe God's speaking to your heart today. Maybe the Holy Spirit's moving in your life and some of the things that were said today is this. God is merciful. He gives us second chances. He gives us third and fourth chances, even if we don't deserve it. He's merciful. I know I need new mercy each morning, just like the psalmist says. His mercies are new every day, every morning. And I need that. Maybe today you need that grace and mercy, and you've never accepted it. You've heard about God. You've heard about the redeem, the redeeming nature, the power of Christ that forgives sin. See, I love the Bible because it's so plain. It says, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. That means me. That means you. But the good news is, Christ has come to give us forgiveness for our sin. Because God is gracious and He gives us second chances, just like the point said today. And I'm thankful for that. Maybe in your life today you're going through a real tough trial. You're going through a storm, just like the song said earlier that the worship team said. Maybe there's a situation that you need prayer for today. And I just quote again Jeremiah 32 this. It says, Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too hard for you. So begin to pray that over your own situation. God, nothing is too hard for you. Move in my life. There is nothing too hard for your great power and outstretched arm. So today, as we close, I'd ask two questions. The first is this. If you want to experience the grace and the power, the mercy, Jesus Christ today.
that He gives to us freely. Just want you to make eye contact with me. Just make eye contact with me real quick. The grace and mercy that Jesus offers. Amen. Amen. Great. And the second today is this. If you're in a situation right now and you don't know where to turn, you don't know how you're going to make it out. You need the supernatural power of God to show up and to show out. I want you to look at me. Amen. Amen. He is able and He is willing. We pray together. Father, today we're just so thankful of Your mercy and Your grace to us. You're so awesome in power. God, You're slow to anger and You give us more chances than we deserve. And God, I'm thankful that there's no grace bank. That we run out of grace. God, just like Paul says, it doesn't give us an excuse to go on sinning, but it shows us that Your love abounds for us. Even when we don't deserve it. And so God, today we just are thankful for that. Today, God, there's several individuals here who said they need your mercy and your grace. And so right now, I just want to take a time and just acknowledge that we need you as our Savior. We need you as our Lord of our life. So God, today, we do what Romans chapter 10 tells us. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. We believe that in our heart. The Bible says if we confess that with our mouth and believe it in our heart, we'll be saved. So God, today I pray for those who need Your mercy and that need Your compassion because all we all do. But God, those who never accepted You as Savior of their life, as Redeemer and as Healer, I pray that they would make that clear right now. And God, too, for those who are struggling in the storm, the storms of life, God, this fallen world that you have graciously allowed us to serve in and live in and tell people about your good news. God, I pray that you would move mightily, that your outstretched arm would touch their lives. Those right now, I pray if you're in that situation right now, would you just lift a hand up to God? Would you just open-handedly receive the supernatural that God has for your life right now? God, I pray that you would work mightily in these people's lives right now. God, work mightily in my life. Show me the supernatural so that my relationship with you is strengthened. God, show us because of your great love and your power to us. Just like you did with Jonah, give us another chance. Show us with your power that you can move in our life. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Everybody said together. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org. 